Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. We welcome you all to a Roll to Cast RPG podcast in the world of Pop Cthulhu by Chaosium Inc. Starring Chris Bond as Father John Murphy, Ellen Graham as Philomena Saginario, Phil Harker-Smith as Hjern Halverson, and Paul Goodman as Pierre Patatique. Story, keeping, and additional rules by Sean Fleurl. Designed by Jack Sumner. Music by Paul Goodman. This is Ambrosia Island. Everybody to roll to cast our tabletop RPG nice. podcast. Uh, we're already laughing. Yeah, yeah it's just funny. It's good to be here. Whoa! Who's this? Guys, we have been greenlit for another season <laughs> by ourselves. By ourselves, <laughs> you're welcome. Us. <laughs> we did a great pitch, and yeah. this is our, this will be our Pulp Cthulhu campaign, and we'll get onto what Pulp Cthulhu is and is not in a moment. But mm. before that, I, I'm, I'm dying to find out. Who, who, who am I joined by? I'm Chris. Hello. Uh, I'm playing uh, Father John Murphy. I thought you were going to say Father John Misty there yeah. for a second. <laughs> no, hey, no, Father you, John Chris. Murphy, played by Chris Bond. Uh, his archetype Catchy folk is, he's a mystic. Hey. Oh, see. Father John Mystic. Yay. Uh, hello. Uh, I'm Phil. I'm playing Jörn Halverson, uh, and he's an engineer, uh, a railway engineer, but also an inventor. Yes. And his archetype? An engineer. Is oh. it? <laughs> Oh no, Egghead. Sorry, yeah, not, yeah. not that's career. I know okay, the system. Sean sure yes. furiously no, he's turning an, pages. He's, he's an Egghead. Egghead. Uh, yes. Uh, thin, thin skull. Uh, my name is Ellen Graham, and I'm playing Philomena Francesca Saginario or Mina. Oh, I didn't have a middle name downtown. Oh yeah, that's all right. You meant Changes to keep everything. it secret. <laughs> I can just I, I can hear her uh, Italian parents using it in full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Constantly. When, yeah. She, when they're mad. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what is your archetype? Uh, so my archetype 
type is two fisted, and uh, yeah, she's hired muscle, which uh, uh, you you, li- you listeners can't tell, but I'm fucking jacked. So <laughs> jacked and ripped makes and ready a, to go makes a lot of sense. Absolutely terrifying. <laughs> Whoa, what was that new voice? Oh, oh. disgusting nasal Cthulhu. tone. <laughs> Cthulhu himself C- incarnate. <laughs> Hi everyone, it's me, Cthulhu. <laughs> and uh, who oh. might you be, and who might you be playing? Oh, my name is Paul Goodman. It's very nice to meet you all. And uh, I'm playing Pierre Patatique. Nice. And uh, he's a bon vivant. Bon vivant. Or bon vivant, oh. as it's uh, originally known. I'm sorry, I can't understand. Uh, Australians call it bon vivant. <laughs> call it a French stick. And his uh, his uh, occupation? Uh, he is an actor. Actor. Uh, mm. I was going to say French people don't have jobs, but then <laughs> so it's, thanks, the, it's the jobless job. Our French listeners will love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, really weird considering last season I played a French woman. Yeah. Um, but if if we've learned anything from uh, our role to cast, it's that making fun of white people is it's funny. funny. 100% okay. It's 100% yeah. funny. To quickly peel back the role to cast curtain, uh, Mr. Paul Goodman has been responsible for both the uh, cyberpunk and vampire tracks. Mm. He, is, he, is, uh, he has created all the music you have heard thus far and will also be creating the music for this season as well. Oh, is he doing it a cappella? Yeah, I was just going to say, actually, I'm doing. I'm going to be doing it sort of in situ. I'm, I've got my coconuts here. Um, <laughs> There's a whole Foley set up there. It's, qu- it's pretty extra amazing. Mic, extra yeah. mic is there for your loop yeah. pedal as Can't well. Can't move got- for all the timpani. <laughs> I've taken lessons from the greats. I've got a, a side of beef just hanging from the ceiling that I'm going <laughs> to punch occasionally. <laughs> Needs more cowbell. <laughs> so what is episode zero? We've gone through this before, but it's a, it's a good chance to um, kind of get to know us as people, get to know the characters, get to know the system, mm. the world, and just really prepare everyone for the uh, what is turning out to be the United Nations of podcasting this season. <laughs> we uh, are yeah. all from Europe. We have an Irishman, a Norwegian, a Frenchman, uh, an Italian New Yorkian, and um, who knows what I might come out, come look, out with. Look, existential dread crosses all borders. Yeah. So, so <laughs> unites us all. <laughs> if you're coming from a Cthulhu background, this is a little bit different because this isn't Call of Cthulhu because uh, the reason I chose this season is cards on the table. This is the first fucking time I've done an entire campaign. <gasps> Mon dieu! I have done one one shot with uh, Mr. Phil. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a did a four hour session of D and D. How yes. did it go? Uh, did it was very good. It was very good. I was instantly complimentary. I thought you handled the material really well, and I had a blast. Oh. Yeah. Uh, mark down ten extra luck points for yes, you. Thanks. For hey. <laughs> I also brought you this apple. Oh. <laughs> and yeah, I, it was it was pretty fun. I didn't hate it. And I thought, you know what? At first I thought I was going to do Call of Cthulhu, but, uh, you know, Lovecraftian horror and existential dread in, in that kind of, like, very deep and dark way. I thought, I can't really handle that at the moment. Let's go for something lighter. <laughs> Thank <What's> goodness. this? <laughs> After the trauma of vampires. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe our audience probably wanted something a bit lighter as well. Yeah. We wanted a break. <laughs> yeah. So Pulp Cthulhu reared its uh, lovely head. Ooh, it's, which one? It, <laughs> it's action and adventure, two-fisted slamming into the, into the Cthulhu mythos. It's something that's very near and dear to my my heart, the old the old action adventure, or set in that 1930s pulp era of comics and TV shows and la- radios and later movies and everything else under the sun. When men were men and <laughs> and archaeology was just stealing shit from and foreign countries. And gals had legs up to your eyes. <laughs> and if you played your cards right, they would be. <laughs> sorry. That's what we have to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. So I, think, I think before we go into the world, just as far as like pulp media and kind of influences and, and what you enjoy, even kind of like the action adventure realm, like what, what is your experience with that and 
Do you like it? Do you actually kind of try to avoid the genre altogether? Where do you sit? And while Chris sits back and ponders for a bit, <laughs> I'll, I'm happy to jump over to Phil. Well, look, I, I, I love video games. Like, more than is healthy. Really? Uh, yes. (laughs) And a lot of those have the archetype of an adventure story of that kind of early ilk, you know? Mm. When I was young, one of the first games I got really, really into is Tomb Raider. And that really, she she sort of inherits that idea. When you think of the name itself, a Tomb Raider, you know, that is before we had, we were um, thought maybe we should preserve the culture and maybe leave it in place. Going around nah. raiding tombs was, was part of the... Getting permission? Was, yeah, what? fuck that, you know. Um, nothing manly and, about that. And everything, you know, they also have all that, you know, everything's magical. You know, she's always finds something magical that will turn you into a demon or summon the mind apocalypse or something like that so i love those kind of archetypal stories and i grew up with indiana jones and and all that stuff so yeah i i feel like i have a a draw to that era of things from the periphery yeah um i haven't read that many kind of pulp books on on novels but Hmm. yeah i understand the sensibility and uh we'll get more into cthulhu stuff i guess guess later yeah yeah mr mr paul hello yeah i seem to have come by a lot of it indirectly the first first movie that i came across with the any of these sensibilities was the mummy. Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny! How dare um, you? Check out our episode on hey, One Good Thing. thing oh. yeah. <laughs> Talk about this at, le- at length. I was going to say ad nauseum. Um, <laughs> That's also wow. true. Yeah. That's a whole thing. And, you know, obviously the it's it's swashbuckling romp of an adventure. And I didn't get around to watching the indie films until I was a couple of years older than that. And I remember watching um, Holy Grail. Uh, my cousin's house when I was way too I, I feel like I was too young to watch the ensuing body horror that, that comes at the end of that movie just suddenly realised that hey yeah this is absolutely my thing without a doubt and then everything else since then in terms of pulp things like Maltese Falcon and the, the touch in it that have the, the sweet dames and the Falcon um, Falcon's this, this, what 1942 so it's not too far after yeah, the pulp had its heyday yeah exactly so it's, it's all very accidental the way I've come across it and uh, I think that'll really come across in the way that I play this <laughs> <laughs> complete lack of research yeah uh yeah so i guess like um so i I like adventure i like the idea of people going out and doing shit yeah early influence as well like indiana jones and the mummy and it's like you've got a really great setting because it's far back enough time that there were these people who were kind of like pioneers like you know there wasn't a way to do stuff apart from you have to literally get out and kind of explore like you know kind of Amelia Earhart style it's like well I'm gonna be the first person I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna fly I'm just gonna fly around because no not many people are doing it and I want to do it yeah there's always something to discover like archaeology I really wanted to be an archaeologist when I was a kid Mm. I don't engage with a lot of kind of pulp genres but i always appreciate when that flavor is added to something like the um uh, what was it the dlc for bioshock infinite uh, under the, it's the burial at sea. sea yeah i loved that i, I, I think that, the main game is pretty pulpy that's true to be honest yeah, yeah. the idea of it's like you're an adventurer you're a yeah big, big strong man and uh there's a it, dame that you need to rescue a lot more swashbuckling than the first game yeah you know it mm. has that definitely has that sensibility yeah to it. yeah but uh, the noir feel of it was just like oh i love it, it made me remember how much i kind of like those archetypes and i like mm. those kind of stories and um and i think for like to get into that feel because I've always mentioned comics on every single one of our episode zeros <laughs> is uh, the Wicked and the Divine did a 1930s novella with a few comic 
panels inserted um, and it was kind of like that 1930s, not quite Agatha Christie murder mystery, but a bit of a murder mystery, a bit of adventure. All of their kind of um, archetypes are boiled down to famous artists of that kind of time period. Really enjoyable and really fun. There's a great um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen oh, yes. volume that touches on Cthulhu as well. So uh, Sean Connery against the Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alan Moore did actually end up basing his character off of Sean Connery retrospectively. Yeah. Oh, so, I thought you said Alan weird. Moore was Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> he might be. Chris. My influences with action adventure, yeah. I would say the Pirates film series with Hugo. the Caribbean realm. Yeah, the Caribbean Pirates films. The Mummy the uh, most people have said them already but the mummy and indiana jones the ones in like the pulpy sort of tone are more in the noir hard-boiled sort of setting mm. so your 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 pulpy start of like investigator comics uh Maltese falcon oh what is that what are they called um they were recently adapted by not recently not the spirit. The, the Phantom? Phantom? Yes. Yay. The guy in the, in the uh, purple spandex. Big purple suit. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. going to reference him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and also the sort of um, comic styles of uh, Sin City, th- those sorts of- Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those sort of neo-noir. But also um, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the comic book series, well, the graphic novels rather, and uh, the Great and Secret Show. There was a comic series of that by a, a really prolific writer whose name eludes me right now. It has kind of elder gods kind of characters. Mm. Um, manipulating mm. the outside realms and, and that sort of thing but it's it's very fun uh, and the main narrative has kind of dark investigative adventure sort of tones which yeah. I, I find really cool as soon as I saw the pulp book and saw that this was kind of a supplementary book to Call of Cthulhu it just completely I was drawn to it straight away because I grew up on Indiana Jones The Mummy is probably one of the first M-rated films I remember seeing as a kid and I was traumatized by it I oh. like my one memory is um the guy with the when he gets the scarab beetles inside him <gasps> The way yes. that he deals with it is just to slam himself head on into a wall. That was etched into my brain from like nine years old. And his. Mm. And his. <laughs> etched like Brendan Fraser's abs. Like, <laughs> Mummy Returns, Scorpion King from the 80s. Scorpion even, King, yeah. Even Romancing the Stone. Yes. It's yeah. a big influence for me. I mm-hmm. adored that film. And that's Danny DeVito, man. What? Yeah. <laughs> I wish I'd played as... <laughs> I wish my character was now Danny DeVito. And honestly, Not James late. Bond as a series yeah. as well. Yes. Like that's... Yeah, yeah that's true. Right. Have you ever the read Roger Moore the- era was super pulpy and over the top. Have you ever mm. read in any of the books? Ian Fleming? Uh, no. I've read some of the, cl- the it's more pulpy. recent ones. Yeah, really pulpy. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of cheesy feeling. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was, uh, Stephen Fry was talking about it and there's like a bit where it's like Bond lit his 40th cigarette of the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the whole idea of like action adventure is like a big part of how I grew up watching media. The idea of people going to a different land, they end up in a forest, mm. there's animals, there's a... Mm. a, a predator. A, a, yeah, pred- alien versus predator is a good, <laughs> is a good example as well. That's pulpy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure Pretty it is. Pulpy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's Jumanji. Like all those oh, films yeah. just yeah, like yeah, they yeah. start off grounded and there's usually just some sort of outside force that's not quite um, grounded mm. in reality, like especially Indiana Jones and the Mummy, which is why I love Pop Cthulhu because I love that I've... film Indiana Jones and the Mummy. Indiana Jones and the Mummy is <laughs> a great one. Scooby-Doo Fraser episode. and Harrison Ford. M-O-M-M-Y. I would watch that in a heartbeat. I'm actually disappointed myself. They have been in a They've been in a drama film together in 2010 about some sort of miracle cure. Anyway. Did anyone play L.A. Noir? Yes, I did actually. Very fun. The facial... Look... 
they really thought that facial animation was a lot more hot shit than Gr- they thought. Groundbreaking, yeah. <laughs> and so we talk about like how it goes up against the Cthulhu mythos. Has anyone read any Lovecraft? Um, because before bit, yeah. before this, I'd never. I've got his entire works on my bedside table, and I've up until before I started looking into pulp, I'd never read Lovecraft before, mm. and so I was very interested to kind of like dive into that lore and pick and choose things out of there. But like, what's everyone's kind of relationship with uh, Mr. HP? For me, the writer's the source. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> the, or the pencil. The, <laughs> the um the writer's problematic, obviously, but uh, his works are really influential and really um important. Video games like Darkest Dungeon and what's a what's another video game that kind of springs to mind? With- Call of Cthulhu. I mean, Call of Cthulhu <laughs> games. Uh, Subnautica has elements. I would say yeah, maybe definitely. that yeah. existential mm-hmm. dread or yeah. like yes. uh, Bloodborne sure. Bloodborne especially yeah. Bloodborne is, is incredibly Cthulhu-esque um, Mage the Awakening and Mage the Ascension both from World of Darkness games uh, Dark Heresy draws certainly from Lovecraft in some of its yeah uh, especially the, anything to do with the warp the warp and chaos Lovecraft, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I'm a big fan of the idea of the uh, eldritch horrors the mm. unknowable known the, the dark horrors and mysteries of the world mm. has anyone seen 1917 yet? no no, my friend saw it. In it. God, he's he's he the cause of the, the war, war, actually. Yeah, <laughs> no one noticed Cthulhu really, living it? over Archduke Ferdinand, but uh, it's there, man. You just got to check the files. Sam Mendes is very surprising. Is it like the Winter Soldier, where you're like, it turns out everything was Nazis? <laughs> <laughs> no, it just that the horrors, you know, horrors of war depicted in that movie really lean into that existentially terrifying, destructive, existentially speaking, horror. Um, Check it out, everyone. It's it's, it's pretty (laughs) good. On face value, these two, like Pulp and Cthulhu, shouldn't go together. It just feels like a mashing of styles together. Mm. But they just like, you know, it talks about it like Pulp Cthulhu set in the 1930s. It's all about existential horror, but it's also about weird science, uh, pulpy magic and people punching mooks and them falling down. It, it's Indiana Jones. Like, yeah, yeah. Totally I think it's a great blend. Yeah. Great blend of the hard-boiled hero and the... Well, it's, well we hope it's, it's, it's the rejection yeah. of yeah. the it existential horror as undefeatable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's absurdism, right? It's the Camus kind of like response of like, oh, the world is meaningless and devoid of love and yeah. there is no God and nothing means anything. Well, fuck it. I'll put my shoe on my head and call it a hat. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's joyful. Yeah, it's, it's joyful it's, in yeah. despair. It's the whole thing yeah. about like- In the face of despair. When you watch like The Mummy, it's like you have that whole- Is it in the second one where he turns into like a giant sand monster? And uh, you've yes, just got these like normal- when they're, when they're in the blimp. Yeah, you know, these normal fucking people just being like, well, fuck. Like it, it, the reason that you have these kind of like- very set stereotypes is because they're kind of like unchangeable the whole thing about like eldritch horrors like you know you lose your mind you go insane because you're faced with the horrors of of this world and the unknown and, and you know to a normal person that would break you but just like a hard-boiled detective who just, does, I know who I am yeah it's just <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, that's funny well, anyway. was, <laughs> yeah that's right yeah. I mean the reason Pulp was even one of the reasons it was created was they, they kind of wanted to give their players a fighting chance against the, the mythos it's like oh yeah. usually we just tell you to run the fuck away <laughs> from every horror that you meet and this is like no we're, we're going to double your hit points and give you a bit of a fighting chance you know yeah you're welcome <laughs> but a bing, but a you're still all, but you're still doomed. But uh, at least oh, you have yeah. a chance. Uh, like I think, like Cthulhu, it's generally your characters are one shotters. It's very unlikely that they're going to survive a whole mm. campaign. Whereas with Pulp, I feel like you've got an opportunity to actually they might live, do something, yeah, they might at least. do yeah. something of value. <laughs> they might go down in a blaze of glory, yes. but it's not going to be like crushed. And you know, it, well, it might be, but it's uh, and even if it does end up horribly, it's kind of funny that you've got this like brave adventurer being mm. like, ah, eh, fuck the odds, <laughs> and then just be like completely obliterated. <laughs> 
good. <laughs> oh, he's a mess now. So I, I, I come at uh, this sort of thing from a couple of different angles. So I have read a little bit of Lovecraft, a bit of Shadow Over Innsmouth, and a bit of The Mountains of Madness. Uh, I really enjoy the texture of uh, Lovecraft's writing, the crazy vocabulary, the really elegant, long sentence structure. I think there's something about the way he writes, which is immersive and consuming, like Cthulhu and the mythos itself, I guess. And the other side is sort of maybe more of a a, a sci-fi. I love, love Philip K. Dick, especially short stories. Mm. And I feel like those even occupy some of that same space that Pulp does in in a way, because they're these short shots a lot of them, it, things that have been made into movies, like things like Minority Report, it's this short story with this big, horrible idea in it, right? Where you just like, oh, we have this machine that can predict the future, predict your crimes. And was what that happens D- if was it- that Dick that wrote yeah. that short story? Oh, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. He actually wrote everything. <laughs> he really did. Yeah. He Bible. really did. Yeah. <laughs> the movie, I think, is called Screamers or something. It's about these little robots mm. that, that hunt you down. Mm. Um, and that's off a of Dick short story. And uh, yeah, they occupy this space where you have a quick look at an outlandish idea and it doesn't have to have like lots of nuance or anything like that. You're just like, what if... This. Yeah, what <laughs> if you were a clone trying to find yourself and if you did, you self-destructed? That's yep. literally the plot of one of his short stories. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, I- that idea that when you combine these two things, you have this horrible, unknowable dread, but you have just a, a quick in and out with it. So yeah. you don't have to be you know, consumed and, and beaten down by it. It can be a, like a quick foray into madness and, and yeah. back out again. <laughs> just dab your toe into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that can be nice, you know. Yeah. Um, you don't need to have nuance in all things. Mm. That's good for me to know. As the, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, I totally agree. Because so many things do the... Uh, uh, it's like, I really like Looper, but the thing, the, the bit where I feel like it fails is that it feels like it needs to be self-aware. Like, they even mm. have the line where it's like, oh, we can't it, it, sit here explaining time travel all day, otherwise that's fucking stupid and you're dumb for thinking it. Like, it's just like, I don't, I didn't need to. Just it's get okay. on with it. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Like, I, well, you can just drop me in. I don't fucking care. Like, Ask the questions that you're going to ask. Yeah. The, the sort of edge of our, like, comprehension. Question that and I'm, then just go Yeah, like, I'm watching a movie. Like, I can mm. suspend my disbelief enough to be like time travel exists and you know what's up and that's fine like i don't i don't need everything mm. spelled out for me so we want the audience to know what's up and the way we can Do help we? them with that is by um getting to know our characters a little bit and getting to know who's coming to the table so i reckon we'll start we'll start with uh you here oh uh, <laughs> man that's it and so paul just want to uh, tell us a little about your character and um, what he's all about or with all of you what you're happy to divulge at this point in time but just a, just a, a little bit of understanding of who this character is yeah Pathétique is a bon vivant, as mentioned. What is a bon vivant? A bon vivant is somebody who just takes pleasure in hedonism, getting the most out of life in every opportunity, basically. One who lives well. One who lives well, which is the most direct That's answer nice. to that question. <laughs> yeah. Um, and physically, he's a bit of a Gerard Depardieu character. He's quite a hulking man. But in nose. With the face of Jean Dujardin. Guy from The Artist. Slicked yeah, yeah, hair, yeah. pencil moustache, formal evening wear, bedraggled, undone bow tie, that kind of <laughs> that that kind of look. Um, heavy smoker, heavy drinker, as is the pulp fashion. I will be keeping tabs on how much you drink, by the way. Oh yeah, he'll just he might even just take a swig of nothing to look impressive. <laughs> Alcohol can be very useful in yeah. the game. Mechanically, yeah. yeah. He's a bit of a master of disguise. He did join... Yeah. Who is that hulking great big woman <laughs> with the pencil moustache? <laughs> it's almost like she's so I hot. allowed two masters of disguise for a bit of conflict. <laughs> what? 
Ooh, I'm, I'm we'll leaving. Get to me. We'll get to me. <laughs> um, I think they're going to turn out to be very different <laughs> kinds of disguise. disguises. Yeah. yeah, served in the French Third Regiment in the infantry during the Great War, and uh, it was there he met Antoine or Antoninato. They had struck a bit of inf- affinity. They're injured together. They ended up in hospital together. They're prescribed laudanum together, and they even joined the Surrealists together in France after the war. But they were both they were both kicked out around the same time. For being too literal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for running against the sort of communist uh, bent that the Surrealists were taking at the time. But he used his acting abilities to start his own theatre of uh, what he called Theatre of the Cult, and this is where he was picked up by Detective Garrison, um, who's going to be one of the main NPCs of the story for his ability to sort of. Unnoticed to assume different identities. And at the time, he was being used by the French authorities to infiltrate the French Communist Party, disrupt their activities. This is where we join them. Tune in this season to see uh, Pierre wear many Groucho masks. And, uh, <laughs> so get away different lengths of moustache. What did Pierre wear today? <laughs> uh, an especially big moustache. Uh, uh, no one will be his wiser. Father. Can we hear a, a bit from you, Father? We can hear a bit. Daddy. Absolutely. So, Father John Murphy is a man from Belfast. He was born and raised and has spent most of oh, his life... he's Northern Irish. He's Northern Irish. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Judge away. So, so, so my, my mother's Northern Irish, so I'm doing it as a little bit of a nod to her. Um, oh, lovely, lovely. So, when I embarrass myself with a terrible accent... Um, you she know where can, I come from. Oh, she you're can in good company. be disappointed in me, just as I will be disappointed in my dice when I roll badly <laughs> this season. Um... There's not much to know about the father. He's a very, it's very simple for him. He's a man of faith. He is a a stocky man. He's very quiet, very calm, but he's very caring and very loving. He will help with children if uh, a mother needs to go to the shops. Uh, He will water the gardens. Uh, He will carry loads of groceries or help put up a fence. He's (laughs) doomed. He he generally just wants wants the best for people. And if you come to church on Sunday and say hi, that's the most important thing is that you're part of the community so and you're part of God's community. But if you're not Catholic, it'll burn you. Oh, uh, wait, no, you're he's, not. He's a Northern, Northern Irish, Irish. So, he's, ah. so he's Anglican. Hmm. Ah, but um, if you're not Protestant. He was, um, Protestant. And he was also um, the first person to be picked up by Detective Garrison. It's important to have a man of God hmm. on, uh, on side. Absolutely, in all things. Mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Jörn. Jörn. <laughs> Jörn Halvorsen. Uh, he's from Norway. Uh, he's, uh, as I said, he's an engineer. So he works on the railway. Uh, he, he's quite well educated, but he's extended his education. So as an egghead, he's just endlessly curious. And so he tinkers. Just He has this shed where he has slowly built up tools and a library. And the things that he creates in there have gotten kind of wackier and wilder over the years, just as he's kind of pushed his abilities a little bit further. Uh, he doesn't think much of it. He looks after his uh, elderly mother as her carer um, in their little flat. But he makes his inventions mainly for his his nieces and nephew who have also come across. Uh, and unbeknownst to himself, uh, he's a bit of a genius. Uh, and he's inventing things that, that no one would even think possible. But he's just doing it to, you know, make make fun toys for the kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he's quite What's a wholesome, him? kind of quite a normal guy. He's, yeah. he's very tall, quite a big, imposing figure. Um, <laughs> I type. sense a theme. <laughs> Almost, yeah. Um, he, he, he's, he's Nordic. He's he's big Scandinavian Viking. fellow. Yeah. He's quite jolly, friendly, and uh, we'll talk your ear off about various aspects of physics and, and electricity should you give him the chance. <laughs> yeah. For those who want to know, Jörn was the third of the party to be picked mm. up. Mm. Uh, he's also missing his 
ring finger on his left hand. Can't get married. <laughs> and, uh, and, and middle one, sorry. Those oh. two, yeah. Those two. Oh, Industrial he's accident. Industrial yeah. accident. Yeah, he has Spider-Man on that left hand. Or he's yeah. just always rocking out. Yeah. <laughs> it's more efficient I love just this to, music. <laughs> it's more efficient just to break them and recast them so they're just doing the Spider-Man position yeah, on the all party. the time. Yeah. Yeah. The final uh, character that was picked up for the party is Elm's character. Yeah, so uh, Philomena Francesca Sagittario. <laughs> I'm going to say the whole name. No. Uh, she's works for the family. The family is kind of crime family operating in Brooklyn. She's second generation American, Sicilian. Uh, from, the family comes from Messina. Uh, and so her father, Nicola, or Nick, uh, is the kind of the, the boss. She's not a very ambitious character. It's kind of like, I get what I get. I work hard for it. I'm not out to make anyone's lives easier, all right? It's it's I'm kind of looking out for myself. She became a, a, a made man, as you might say, um, a couple of years ago, kind of against her, her mother's wishes. Um, but there's only uh, three siblings and uh, one is now deceased. And so she kind of picked up. She's like, hey, well, my brothers are fucking useless. I don't really have any kind of life outside of this family. Why shouldn't I get what they get? Except there was a, a schism three years back with her brother Vincenzo, Vinny, who was kind of operating as the underboss under her father. They had a big disagreement over bringing in more things like importing drugs as opposed to just running kind of cartels and racketeering. And unfortunately, in the process, Bobby died. Bobby, who is um, Philomena's twin brother. And Vinny's been kind of on the run ever since. And so she's kind of now under the pressure of maybe inheriting um, mm. things. And so, well, what is this campaign? The title of this campaign, if you've clicked onto the episode, you know this by now. Ambrosia Island. Mm. Um, food of the gods. Mm. Yeah. Full of mayonnaise. Yes, you, you got it. I should give a bit of context for before we get into episode one. This whole campaign is set in 1935, before World War II, but after World War One, funnily enough. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What's the name of that thing where people weren't allowed to drink? Prohibition. Prohibition. Prohibition has passed. Um, so we are now able to drink again. Thank God. So everything's great, um, just as we are now. So your four characters, the way they came together in the 1920s, um, the FBI was really starting to gain steam in the kind of 20s to 30s is when Hoover came up and he kind of took over as a head of the FBI. And kind of around the late 20s to 30s is when kind of a lot of occult activity started to spread up through America. A bit of an attack on the Americans' way of life and it's actually a bit disturbing. But the FBI doesn't really have the knowledge or the expertise to deal with that. So at the behest of Hoover, we established Department 29, which is a small wing of the FBI, which is dedicated to 
seeking out and destroying these potential cult threats. Um, and generally, they're little small groups of agents, singular or in pairs, that have the ability, they have carte blanche, to kind of deputize people that wouldn't be considered necessarily agents. They may become agents or... Putting a team together. <laughs> getting the Avengers together. Assemble. Um, and so there is a there is a group, the uh, the Fellowship of Nature's Salvation, which has been making their way through America. And all that's really... All that you know about them is you were brought together to try and put a stop to this cult. All that you know, two things, is that there is a self-styled leader by the name of Dexter Winwood. Several times over the past couple of months, it's been six months since you've been together. In those months, you have um, tried to get there in time when these uh, rituals are taking place. But each time you get there, you're just too late. You're a few steps behind and wherever the site was, completely burnt to the ground. Ashes, there's not a single, single bit of evidence that suggests they're there. When we come into uh, episode one, you've finally caught up with Dexter Winwood. So how long have, have we been working independently or have we worked together? You guys have been a team for six months with uh, little success of being able to catch up to the cult. So it's quite frustrating. You all have individual reasons that are um, unbeknownst to each other for why you're there. Can we rely on the FBI for much help? Department 29 is kind of a, a wing unto its own. But for the most part... Can we call them? They wouldn't know who you are. We're operating off the, off the grid. Off the grid, oh, so no. to speak. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, you're like the men in black. Do we have any, like, kind of Charlie or how have, do we receive? Garrison. Detective yeah. Garrison right. was your agent in, in yeah. charge. He's your handler, so to speak. So um, he's the only one who knows we're doing this. Other members of Department 29, it's not unheard of that yeah. people within De uh, Department 29 will work together. But the thing is that you're not always going to be in the same place at the same sign. Your headquarters and are in New York City and you are actually beginning this scenario, as it were, in Brooklyn. Are um, there other groups within Department 29 that are working on the same case? No. Okay. You're basically, you're a signed to you wouldn't necessarily know this uh father john might basically one cult to one team department 29's whole ethos is that they are worried when they pop up in isolation you can deal with them but the big problem with what department 29 are worried about is what if all these cults talk to each other and have similar goals and then create some unholy unity that could spell disaster even if they're full of shit because all you know is that each time with this ritual they are taking one person they're murder cults they're, they're murdering if nothing else they are murdering people. right put a stop to that like they're, they're uh. just bad <laughs> for everyone yes. yes they are not working within the law no that's right they're, they're just murderers that would be terrible <laughs> and they don't pay their taxes right Right? Uh, well, I hate that. <laughs> most out of anything. What might be interesting uh, is uh, you, you can start to have a bit of a think of, you know, what your characters might think of some of these other characters that you've you've heard about. You know, you're, you're very much relying on each other in a professional capacity. You are expected to work as a well-oiled machine. Whether you like each other is kind of irrelevant to Detective Garrison, as long as you're working together. Uh, like, you guys are quite all jolly and, uh, you know... Friendly, like, approachable... My yeah. Not gel with. Uh, I do crime. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's simple, you know. Like, well, you're an American. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, all it needs to be known. The Europeans are friendly. The Americans are not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> that's, what, that's what we know. The end of yeah. it, judge. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you do you. It's all good. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we know. Yeah. And these Americans have cults. There's no cults in Europe. Oh no, for God's sake, no. No, goodness, <laughs> no. 
Never. Never hear uh, of it. Not since 1908. Also, I'm European, but, well, well you're, I'm you're, American you're first American. and foremost. You're My an, family is European. You're, you're American. But, you know, yeah, that no, kind father, of divide father, of... Father Bob knows. Uh, father Bob. Father Bob. Father Bob. <laughs> father, father John. Oh, no. John Murphy knows. Hey, you guys. Uh... <laughs> father Bob's another character I play. Yeah. If, I, if I didn't make this clear, I am the, uh, the keeper of arcane lore for this campaign, or just mm. keeper. You may call me Mr. Keeper. So I'm responsible for kind of rounding out this hole into some sort of a cohesive, fun story. Uh, which Lucky is the, Which is the goal. And <laughs> yeah. as I mentioned at the top of the episode, this is my first time. It's going to be very interesting to see how this uh, how this turns out. Do I kill you within the first five minutes by accident? Well, send us mad. Madness isn't anything we even touched on. Mm. Yeah. No. It's such a big... Thing. I mean, maybe that's for the best, right? Yeah. Um, the we, mysteries of the madness. Yes, that's mm. right. And what it can do in, in this framework as well. It's going to be really fun to mm. see. So, so I, yeah. as, as an audience, that's what I'm looking forward to. I invite you to uh, think back on maybe you were a first time DM or keeper. <laughs> or you ran a game where someone was a first time DM and keeper. And I'm happy to invite you to uh, critique me. To revel in potential plot holes and uh, character inconsistencies and incorrect rules giving out as will we at every available yes. moment <laughs> please do um, I'm, I'm excited umpire that's a bad call <laughs> you, you don't need to invite them they will they yes, will that's right <laughs> it's the internet it's savage what, what I've learned though is as the person running the game if you change if you get a rule wrong you just say that it was completely intentional and yeah. no one Cthulhu, can, argue, Cthulhu, no one can argue with you same with mispronunciations yeah, for like words like uh, coterie if you pronounce it as coterie <laughs> yeah. for instance just say, in oh, a vampire yeah. podcast that you made last season yeah. you just say well that's Australian it's Australian say call of Cthulhu call of Cthulhu there you go that does sound a bit Australian doesn't it call of Cthulhu call of Patchouli I'm, I'm, I'm excited you know I think this will be this will be fun this yeah. will be uh, I'm excited this will be it's gonna be mad it's gonna be a, a action <laughs> adventure a madcap adventure completely <laughs> mad weird science maybe some maybe some romance who the fuck oh, knows? Knows? oh my goodness oh. yeah you, you didn't even think about that did <laughs> no, you I didn't I hope someone gets to swing from a rope what else what else are we hoping for <laughs> that's where your physics is gonna come in handy yes, that's right so yeah, what are swinging you guys... from a rope swishing a sword from side to oh, side oh god yeah. yes please what are you guys looking forward to in this in this campaign fighting back to back and exchanging quippy one-liners okay i'm gonna put that in yeah i think chases i'm keen for something to be on fire yes yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, many cigarettes keen for a, a kind of uh, a twist oh, uh, shit, dame I'm, you can't <laughs> trust uh, i'm not gonna put that in sorry <laughs> very linear storytelling yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, um, you find the cult in the first two minutes you stop and then it's done the rest Dang. of it's a very intense character study I, well what, what i want this season and just so you guys know if cyberpunk was about fucking the system and rebellion and Vampire is about, you know, kind of internal horror, brooding sense of um, dread. Pulp Cthulhu or Ambrosia Island is all about swashbuckling fun in the face of Lovecraftian horror. On a personal level, I feel like I need a bit of that. Like, mm. I feel like I need some uh, yeah. an escape where I can, like, I can fight back against the oppressive gloom in my life and yeah. I can actually live live through it in the game and be like no actually yeah. actually I have the tools hey Cthulhu to harness you. this yeah exactly exactly what if did you say <laughs> is that your Cthulhu voice <laughs> I really hope so oh welcome I, oh, I can't listen it's sending me mad did you did you call oh, me also like boss nass from fucking Phantom Menace. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah. Well, so I, tell us what you think's going to happen, dear reader. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask Sean. No. <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, reader, what are you, what are you expecting Listener. this season? Reader, yeah. listener. Yeah, I was kind of going for oh, like Oh, that's a, great. Well, yeah, reader, yeah. come back yeah. next week. Yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> also, yeah. another episode. What do you think Ambrosia Island is? Uh, a salad in the 40s. <laughs> Yum. In full the deep south. Full of mayo. <laughs> full of mayo and marshmallow. <laughs> Did you have Ambrosia mayonnaise here? Because in the UK, that's custard. What ambrosia, yeah, 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 it is custard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I don't say this lightly, but... Fuck all of you. Get, get out. <laughs> it's quite bold, isn't it, to say your yeah. custard is the food of the gods. No custard is even the food the, of the gods. Even the French call it creme d'anglais. So. <laughs> or, even or the French. <laughs> oh, and, uh, yeah, that, that's the other point is uh, I'm interested to see whether how all of you go with your respective accents. Yeah. Maintenance, I it's think. A really scale. Uh, it's a slippery scale. It's a slippery scale. Yeah, keeping it up for the whole... Yeah recording is going to be mm. the interesting one i think the the length of it will be fine keeping it up would be relatively easy it's getting into it is the, the, mm. the yeah, starting once, of once it. you're there right diving into it it's just like water i'm worried i might not get out yeah that's <laughs> right spend all day walking around hey we're not gonna- Fungal. <laughs> hey mom <laughs> fuck you <laughs> we're not gonna edit out edit out any of the ins any of the lead-ins no nope. so <laughs> not at all no. yeah does it what's everyone's lead-in phrase for actors yeah but let, let's um, finish off with that what's your lead-in phrases to get you in don't mm. have one. Uh, mine is pretty normal. <laughs> well, I mean, any French word, pretty much, you could say. Just bon, très bon, maintenant. Yeah, That's buff. my fa- favourite French word. Buff. Oh. Buff. Buff. Buff is French for eh, um, meh, and beef. Buff. Buff. That's... Bourguignon. Yeah, very similar, but yeah. 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 I like buff. I like buff. Buff. And Yeah. What about you? Hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> any any obscenity, no, really. No, but what's your lead-in phrase? <laughs> Fongul. <laughs> no, Chris is just fluent in in Irish. That's right. Yeah. Northern yeah. Irish accent. Yeah, yeah. I'm and, just uh, glad he didn't do the. T- oh, it's it's definitely to be sure. To be sure. Nice. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. Toy to toy. It probably is like. All right then. All right then. All right. So I'll just finish off with a bit of Irish because why not? If you'd like to join us next week, Ambrosia Island will begin. Until that time when uh, we will tackle the Cthulhu mythos with a bit of pulpy, pulpy goodness. I'll literally tackle it. <laughs> yeah. tackle it. Oh, no! Uh, <laughs> bad knee! <laughs> I have been your keeper, Sean Fleur. I've been Chris, playing John. I've been Phil, playing Jan. I've been Paul as Pierre. I've been Ellen as Philomena Francesca Sagenario. <laughs> See you guys next week for some tentacly fun. That was my sign-off, and I'm oh. sticking with it. <laughs> are, are we going to make a hentai <laughs> podcast then? Oh, we should. We should. Mm, Let's no. do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What would we call it? You have been listening to Ambrosia Island, which is a Roll to Cast production. The best way to find us is on Twitter, Discord and our Patreon. All our podcasts are on Acast, Spotify, YouTube and all good podcatchers. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash roll to cast. Pulp Cthulhu and all associated properties are trademark of Chaosium Inc. Used with permission. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 